Good morning and Merry Christmas to everybody. It's a wonderful day. Uh, as a boy, I used to look forward to, cr to Christmas especially. Uh, we didn't open our prisons until Sunday morning. And uh, so Sunday morning was a special time and I didn't know what was going to be under the tree when I woke up in the morning and uh, woke up probably early uh, as I normally maybe slept in a little bit, but this morning I woke up as early as well, uh, an hour before my alarm went off. I don't know why that was, because we opened our presents last night, so I don't have anything like that to look forward to. But uh, Pastor Daniel asked me if I would share on the last song of Christmas today from Luke and chapter number two, so if you have your Bibles, you might want to turn there. Uh, I did have a PowerPoint presentation prepared, and so... Well, it starts right anyway, uh, but I can't find the little thing that I put it on. So uh, you'll just have to kind of follow along with me. You need your Bible uh, this morning. If you have a iPhone or some kind of a technology type of thing, you can follow along. Or the Bible. The Bible is the best thing. Uh, even when we have technology, I'd like to read this. The song that was just sung. Mary, did you know? I've been reading through the scriptures, as you probably have been, in preparation for Christmas time, and, and I'm thinking about Mary and Joseph and what took place in their lives. I mean, talk about being upset. I mean, Mary has this encounter with the angel, and she says, okay, let it be done unto me, as you say, uh, which is a huge statement, I think. And then Joseph, one of the silently put her aside because he felt embarrassed about the whole situation and yet God appeared to him and said, okay, you need to embrace this because this child is from God. Now just that together, I mean, I've, we've had seven children and we've adopted seven, so we've got a lot of kids, uh, but none of them ever struck me in this way. <laughs> They still don't, uh, but they're interesting people, and God has a purpose for each and every one of them, and that's a great thing to know, uh, but God hasn't spoken to me so clearly as to Mary and Joseph, and as the story unfolds and it keeps going, uh, tax time came, and so they had to make a trip from Nazareth uh, all the way down to Bethlehem which is Joseph's hometown, uh, from his relatives at least, and there he was, uh, taking this pregnant woman all the way down, and I used to think that right when they got there that night that she had child, but reading through the scriptures, I think maybe they had a few days before that happened, and I've been looking at this story as to trying to figure out when all of these things took place, uh, and we celebrate Christmas, and we have everybody in the background, well, the one that I'm going to talk to you about tonight, uh, today, was not in the background at all. He's never been a part of, this, of the Christmas story. He has never been one of those that you would think that is an important part. And yet, here in Luke chapter number two, he has a very prominent place. His name is Simeon. And you don't hear about him at Christmas time, except he come to Grace Point Gospel Fellowship, and then you'll hear about him today. Uh, but he's part of the Christmas story. And so let me read this scripture to you, and then we'll dissect it, go through it a little bit. Verse 22 says, And when the days for purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him, Jesus, up to, Bethlehem, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. 
as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came to this, in the Spirit into the temple, and when his parents brought the child, Jesus, to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, now, Lord, here's the song. You are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have present, prepared in the presence of all the people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and his mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed, and a sword will pierce even your own soul, to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. There's the fourth song, the final song that we're going to be talking about this Christmas season, coming from Simeon. We don't know a lot about him. Uh, he was a man, obviously, that did come to the temple. Was he a priest? Could have been. But he was led by the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit came upon him and led him that day, brought him right into the place where the dedications took place. It was probably the court of women. There were different courts in the temple. And uh, Joseph and Mary especially Mary, wasn't allowed in many of the other courts, but the court of women she could come into. And so that's where he went, and maybe he was in charge of the dedications that day. Let me just say, I think dedications are wonderful. If you have children, they need to be dedicated to the Lord. They need to be, in early days, even though they won't remember it, bring them to church and dedicate them to Jesus and see what God has to say. I often listen to whoever's praying for the kids because sometimes a word comes out, like in this situation, that is going to guide, even direct their lives in what God has in mind for them. So surrendering them to the Lord, giving them to the Lord is a very important thing. And so we start here with the presentation. In verse 22 it says that they, uh, at the days of purification, which is probably about 40 days, to the women were purified and they went then to the temple to be cleansed and to be made acceptable as well and the children as well. They were coming at that particular time from Bethlehem up to Jerusalem according to the law that it might be completed. So they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now, wouldn't that be something that you have the Lord in your hands <laughs> and you're coming to present him to himself? No, really to the Father, I guess. But to present him to God, that's what every person did. And it goes on and says there, according to the law, <clears throat> that the, <clears throat> the one that opened that, that womb to begin with, the firstborn child, the male, would be brought and dedicated to the Lord. And so that's what they were doing. They were following that. And it says then they were going to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or of a couple of pigeons. 
Now, they probably weren't very wealthy. They had just made this long trip. They had come from Nazareth down to Jerusalem, and there they were presenting this little one. And that kind of tells me, you know, we often have the shepherds as a part of the Christmas story because on the night or the morning when he was born, here comes an angel telling the shepherds, and here comes a choir of angels describing who this one was and singing this wonderful song about who he is. And they say, Let, let's go find him. And so on the very day in which he was born, maybe the night, uh, they come and they find this child, and they begin to worship him. And then they begin to talk about it. All of the things that were revealed to them, they begin to talk about with the people that are there. I can imagine Mary and Joseph, who had already received the word of the Lord about this child, now saying, well, this is important. And then we often think the shepherds come, I mean, this, after the shepherds, we think the wise men also are there because they're in all of the manger scenes. But they came later on. Here's 40 days of purification happening and they hadn't showed up yet. Or maybe they'd have a better offering, like you had a better offering today to come and give to the Lord as we celebrate Christmas today. They would have had the gold and the, and, and the myrrh and the frankincense to offer thanking God for this great job. No, they came much later. And if you study that story, you find out that Herod asked, well, when did this star appear that led you here looking for the king of the Jews? And he went into Bethlehem later on and killed all of the male children from two years all the way down to birth. He didn't want to miss anyone. So two years, nine months is when a child is given full birth generally. And here he killed them from two years down. So how long it took those people from Iran to come all the way down <laughs> to Jerusalem and then finally to Bethlehem, we don't know. But they didn't have uh, a car, they didn't have a truck, they rode on probably camels. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody ride on a camel, but it, they don't go too quick. Uh, although they do have camel races, I've seen those. Uh, but I don't think they probably raced all the way down to Jerusalem. But they come to Jerusalem and many days later, we find them. Now they're in the Christmas story. You see, you see shepherds and you see the wise men, but you don't see this guy here. You don't see this prophet of God. He's just kind of left out of the whole Christmas story. So I want you to incorporate this one. 40 days in the day of purification, they come to dedicate this child to the Lord. And so they presented him. <clears throat> that was the first thing you should have seen on the screen today. The presentation of this little one, offering these pigeons or these doves as a sacrifice saying, Lord, this child belongs to you. We present him to you. Then secondly, talking about this man Simeon, down in verse 25, is the promise. God gives a promise to Simeon, and he receives this from the Lord, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit, but let me just go through verse 25 here. It says, and there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout. He was a righteous man, devout man. Now, when God picks people, he doesn't pick people that he hasn't already had some kind of a relationship with. And hopefully he's had a relationship with you. You're here this morning, we're celebrating Christmas. 
you have already heard something from God and so you're here to grow in that which God is developing within your life. And so that's where he was. He was, he was righteous, he was devout. It says that he was looking for the consolation of Israel. He was actually looking for this one that would come and bring comfort to all of Israel. So every child that he dedicated, every child that he picked up, I think there was a quiet prayer on the inside, is, is, is this the one? Is this the one that we need to present to the Lord? This day, he picked up this child, and we'll see this in a few minutes, but the Holy Spirit came upon him, and he began to prophesy. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. God had spoken to him. You're not gonna die uh, until you see the Lord's Christ. What an amazing promise that was. So he was anticipating every child that he took in his arms. He said, is this the one? And this day, the Holy Spirit came upon him and he begins to proclaim who he is, which is an amazing thing. I, I, don't, I don't know what, Gideon, what he, uh, Simon felt when he was saying this, but he says, I can now depart in peace because you've shown me the good thing that you already said that you would do. And so in verse 27 it says, and he came in the spirit into the temple when his parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law. So they were just following the law. They weren't necessarily filled with the Holy Spirit and say on this day we need to go dedicate. They were just following what God had told them to do. Kind of like what we do today, it's Sunday morning, and so today's the day to go to church. And so every Sunday morning, we expect to see all of you back, right? Don't just come to church one Sunday morning, come every Sunday, make it a part of, your, of, of that which you do. I remember when I was a boy, we used to go to the Methodist church and every Sunday morning they would dress me up as best as they could and they would take me off, my parents, down to church. And that was the beginning of what God was doing in my life. And it wasn't until I was 17 years old that I went to a church and I heard the message like I'd never heard it before. I said, oh my goodness. God really is real, I kind of thought he was, but uh, I determined that Sunday that I was gonna go back the next Sunday. I hadn't been going to church much, but I went back that second Sunday, and that second Sunday, I don't even remember what the preacher preached about, but he gave an altar call, and I found myself getting up out of my chair, coming up, I didn't come to the altar, I came to one of the front chairs, and I knelt down. As I knelt down, a thought came to my mind. What are you doing here, Floyd? You don't know how to pray. That's what I said to myself. What am I doing here? Fortunately, the pastor came and put his hand on my shoulder and he said, young man, have you ever received Christ as your personal savior? And I looked up and I said, I don't think so. And he quoted Romans chapter 10, verses eight, nine, and 10. He started by saying, God is so close to you, he's already within your mouth and within your heart. That scared me a little bit because I thought God should be somewhere else, way up high, uh, seated on his throne, wherever that was. But he went on and said that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I thought, well, that's simple enough. 
And so I confessed Jesus as my savior that day and I confessed my sin to him as well and that, that took longer than confessing who Jesus was. I, I had to confess my sin and I was only 17 but a lot of stuff needed to be confessed that day. And so I confessed my sin to God and something came over me like the Holy Spirit came upon him that day and I felt free, freer than I'd ever felt in my life before. It was an amazing experience. And I trust you've had that experience. If you haven't, this is Christmas Day. This is the day that you can encounter Jesus. You can surrender your life to him. You can believe in your heart and you can confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And things will happen. Things happened to me that day that have continued on and I've never turned away from the Lord. He's always been with me. He said he'd never leave me, never forsake me. He'd always be there. And I found that to be true. And I kind of think that this is what Simeon was. We don't know a lot about him. We don't read about him anywhere else in the Bible. We don't have his family history. We don't have anything about him that we can point to and say, this was a special man. No, this is the only time in the Bible that he's mentioned. And yet the things that he sees, the things that he hears, the song that he sings is an amazing song. That's kind of how I felt that night that I received Christ as my savior. Anyway, it says he came in by the spirit, verse 27, into the temple and when the parents brought the child, Jesus, to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him in his arms and he blessed God and said, and here's the song, here's the proclamation that he made that day. And it goes like this. Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace. He had received the promise, and now he's making the proclamation. Lord, you give me a promise, I'm ready to die. Anybody else ready to die here today? <laughs> your life has been completed because of who Jesus is. A couple of you are saying, oh, no, no, not ready for that. Uh, but that's the way that you continue to live. And I found even in my life, I'm ready to die a long time ago. I didn't ever think I'd live this long. And yet, I'm still here. So we just keep going step by step. But he says there, Lord, you can release me now. I'm an old man, but I've seen amazing things. And he says, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Now think about this. He's holding this little baby 40 days old. And he said, I've seen your salvation. How did he know that? I mean, what's different about this child than any other one? Did he have that halo around his head? You've seen those pictures? Maybe the one that has a halo around his head, that's gonna be the one? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think there's that kind of a thing. I think he was the normal little boy. I think he probably cried that day. I think he probably was hungry that day. I haven't seen a child that goes through life that, that doesn't experience that. Imagine God becoming an infant. God, he couldn't even talk, and yet he's God. He was coming to give us life through his death on the cross, and yet here's this little baby that needs to be totally taken care of. God in human flesh, and Gideon, I mean, I keep going back to Gideon, I don't know why, but Simeon, I mean, just change the first letter, I guess it would change that. But he says, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence 
of all the people. You prepared this in the presence of all of the people. Think about that just a minute. He not only prepared this for the Jewish people, for those around the temple that were righteous and devout, but he says you prepared this for everyone. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Are we a part of the world? Or a part of those people that talk bad about you out in your workplace and different places, are they a part of the world? Jesus came for everyone. Simeon says this, for our eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all people. And then look at this, he says a light of revelation to the Gentiles. What? What's he talking about? Here's a Jewish man in the temple of God in Jewish Jerusalem and he's giving a prophecy and he's saying, here's the light of the Gentiles. Never heard that before. Well, how is this in this proclamation except by the Holy Spirit coming upon Simeon saying this is not just for Jewish people, this is for everybody. Nobody's being left out of this, it's for all of the people. And so he makes this proclamation and then he goes on and he says, and the glory of your people Israel. And so he's saying there are a number of things. And here I'd like to just stop for a minute and say there's three things that I see here. Number one, Jesus is God's salvation. Jesus is God's salvation. There is no salvation in any other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. I don't know what you think about that, but that's very clear. That's not complicated, it's not confusing, that there is only one way to God the Father, and that's through his son, Jesus Christ. There's a lot of religions out there, and we don't wanna talk bad about any of them, except none of them that follow that are going to heaven. No amens, but it's still true. Only people that receive God's son, his salvation, will be entered into the kingdom of heaven. God made a way for us that we might experience life here on this earth and eternal life that follows after. So Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah. This is what Simeon is saying. This is what his proclamation, so much is he convinced that he says, I'm ready to die. I've seen the fullness of what you promised. He didn't see him on the cross, he saw him as a little child. Secondly, Jesus is the light of revelation to the Gentiles. I'm so glad the Gentiles are included. Sometimes I've wished I would be Jewish, and every time I've gone to Israel twice, and it's a beautiful place, but I'm not Jewish. Uh, I'm a Gentile, but God loved me enough to send his son for me. God loved you enough to send his son for you. That's what we're celebrating today. We're celebrating a little baby and yet we're celebrating one who went to the cross to literally take my sin, your sin, upon himself that he might satisfy God the Father in dying for our sin. It's appointed unto man once to die and then it says judgment comes. Judgment 
we don't like to hear about, but I've got some other news for you that isn't so great as we finish this today. <laughs> it comes with a lot of judgment. Anyway, this is the end of his prophecy, and a glory for all of Israel. So here's God's glory filling Israel, and it's for the Gentiles, in fact, all of the peoples. That ends his song. He completes his song, and that's the wonderful thing about this. And then he goes on, and he says in verse 33, and his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. Can you imagine being Joseph or Mary, saying, what is this guy talking about? I mean, he's saying that this little baby is the salvation of the world. This is the Messiah. He's so convinced that he's ready to die now. He's filled with, filled with peace. He's ready to go on. Anyway, they, they went through all kinds of things, I think. I don't know what happened as time went on. I know they were upset when he was 12. They came back to Jerusalem for a feast and Jesus didn't leave to go with them. They didn't know that he wasn't with them until they had departed a whole day. Then they had to come back and find him looking through everywhere. They finally found him in the temple and there he was asking questions about the teachers. And the teachers were amazed at his questions. But they weren't amazed. They'd been looking for him for two days now. <laughs> and they said, why have you done this? Why have you left us and stayed here in Jerusalem? He said, don't you realize I need to be about the Father's business? Well, the Father's business can wait a while, can it? I don't know if they spanked him. <laughs> but they took him by the hand and said, you're coming with us back to Nazareth. <laughs> You might be God's son, but right now we're responsible for you. And off they drag him back to Nazareth. <clears throat> and so following that, it says, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother. Now here's a deviation. Joseph is there, Mary is there, but he talks to Mary. When you're a prophet, you know things. He knew that Joseph wasn't gonna be around when Jesus went to the cross. But he knew that Mary would be. And this is what he goes on, he's talking to her. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel for a sign to be opposed. A sign to be opposed. This child, here's the problem and we don't often talk about the problem of Christmas time, but it's in the scripture here, so we need to talk about the problem. You ready for a problem today? The problem he's saying is that there'll be a fall and there'll be a rise of many in Israel. What he's saying is that there's some that will believe and that others that are not gonna believe. There's a deviation here, that's the problem. Some people will respond to the gospel and others will say, well, that's a nice story and go on to live their life the way they want to. No, there's the fall and then there's the rise of people in Israel. And when the Holy Spirit came after Jesus had ascended into heaven, it says that the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. And that day, 3,000 people responded to the gospel. And they took them and baptized them all. And then every day after that, there were Israelites coming to know the Lord. They, they, and it was numbers growing and growing every day. And then, about two or three years later, finally the Gentiles were beginning to be brought in. 
but it took some time. But God came for all of us. This is what happened, the glory of God for Israel. And he's telling her that he's going to be opposed. He prophesies and says, this little boy, when he grows up as a Messiah, is not going to have everybody with him. And no matter what miracles he did, it says people were against him because of the miracles that he did. They actually watched him one Sunday when he came into the temple. And here was one brought to him that needed healing. And all of the righteous people stood back, so-called righteous, and said, what's he gonna do with this? This is the Sabbath. You're not supposed to heal on the Sabbath, right? And if he does so, then we have more to oppose him with. And of course, he heals on the Sabbath as well as the other days. And there was opposition. In fact, his biggest opposition were the religious people in Jerusalem. That was his biggest opposition until that time went on and then other op- oppositions came as well. This is a problem. Do you know you're here celebrating today the birth of Jesus? And yet there's hundreds and thousands of people in this county that aren't even concerned about who Jesus is. I don't know if you've heard our President Biden speak last, this last week about Christmas time. I started listening to it. I thought, well, this is pretty good. Never mentioned Jesus, never mentioned the Christ, never mentioned what this is all about. He's a politician. I guess that's maybe what they do. But most of the presidents I've heard talk about Jesus, talk about the Christ. That's, how, that's what we're celebrating. And yet that couldn't even be mentioned. And we won't even go into the Congress. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, it doesn't seem to matter today. What is going on politically is not healthy and good for this country. And so whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, I hope you're a Christian because Christians are the light of the world, along along with Jesus. That's what he's given to us. We are the light, and have you heard Pastor Daniel preach the last couple of weeks, he's talking about Jesus being the light, being the revelation of us Gentiles, that we now become lights as well. Last night we had a candlelight service where each one held a, a candle in his hand, and the light was lit, and we're representing the one who came that is the light, is the revelation of God. And we then have taken upon ourselves that. We're called the body of Christ. The body of Christ, can you imagine that? Here he comes as a little baby and now he has an extended body. (laughs) People that believe in him, people that trust him, people that are living for him, people that talk for him to their neighbors, to their friends, even to their enemies. (laughs) We're the light of the world that we might prevent that. He doesn't stop there. He's going to be opposed. And then he says to Mary, and a sword will pierce even your own soul. I don't know if you've seen the story of him on the cross, Mary standing there looking on, and how that she as a mother must have been pierced through with a sword like he's talking about right here, her own soul being vexed and being problematic. And then he ends this way. He says, to the end that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. The end of this story, the end of the gospel is that hearts of people will be revealed. 
And I trust that this Christmas time as we're coming to celebrate the birth of Jesus and really the resurrection of Jesus as well, that our hearts would be revealed to us. What is your heart saying to you today? What's going on in your experience today with Jesus? Is it so clear that you're like Simeon who goes into the temple by the Holy Spirit one day and he holds his little pound of flesh in his hands and begins to declare that he's the Messiah and ready to die because he's seen the fullness of his salvation? Salvation is for us all. And I trust you've made that transfer of life. You've gone from that which is called dead to life. And each one of us were born the first time very dead people. (laughs) We have all kinds of problems and all kinds of difficulties. And it's not until the light of the revelation of Jesus comes to us that things begin to change. And as we surrender to him, Our life is transformed, and he brings that same peace into us. He brings that same joy into us. He brings all of the gifts of God into us that we might celebrate, truly celebrate who he is. That's the problem. I don't know if you wanted to hear about the problem today, but that's where our scripture ends. (laughs) Not everybody is going to respond. Not everybody will say yes and amen. I pray for all of my kids, except the four that are biological and the seven that are adopted, and I still pray for them. They're all doing, I think, okay, but I'd like to see more happen in their lives. Any mothers and fathers feel like that? I'd like to take my experience and somehow transfer that to them because I know who Jesus is. I don't have any doubts about that at all. But I want them to know the same thing and I want them to walk in the power of the light of the revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That they might live for him and they might testify for him because that's what Christmas is all about. God bless you as we continue to serve him, walk with him and might you just experience the good things that Simeon experienced that day that you might know beyond the shadow of the doubt, I know where salvation comes from. And it's by the name of Jesus Christ. His death, his sacrifice was enough to cleanse me of all my sin. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you've not left any of us alone, but you continue by your Holy Spirit to want to bring us to that place where we don't see a little baby, but we see one on the cross that died for us. We see one hanging there that my sin was taken from me and placed on him. That's why he died. The Holy Lamb of God died for me, died for everyone in this room today, that we might be forgiven, that we might be accepted, that we might be born again to new life in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for every Christmas. But let not this day end our, our, our celebration. Might we celebrate tomorrow and through the end of the year and through all of, night, of, of the year coming of 23. Lord, watch over us as you promised. 
bring forth your blessing, your presence, and we'll give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you.